This is Pastor Devin, and I just want to say thanks for joining us, and I hope and pray that this message is an encouragement to your life today. Well, good morning. How we doing? Doing all right? Good. It's cold out there today. It's cold out there. My goodness, it's winter time for sure. Great to have you here. Great to have the connectors in the house. Always love this time with you guys. We're in uh, week two of our, uh, it's kind of like a little mini-series because we start uh, our prayer and fasting next week, so we kick that series off next week. So just a two-week series here with Intentional uh, Living. I hope it was an encouragement to you last week. We're in week two. Um, I, I, I meant to show you this uh, last week. I came across this uh, a couple weeks ago. Maybe this is uh, how you guys felt at the top of uh, the year. Can you show them that uh, little slide there, sad man? Yeah. Uh, I can't believe it's been a year since I didn't become a better person. I don't know. Like 12 months went so fast and I haven't done anything with my life. Uh, I don't know if any of you felt like that when you got to the top of the year. Resolutions. Resolutions. Um, of course, we talked about it last week for a resolution to become a reality in our lives. We're going to have to be resolute, uh, adamant, tenacious, persistent, um, unwavering. And whatever it is you're looking to change, looking uh, to grow in, I promise you it's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen by accident. It will only happen with discipline, diligence, on purpose. And uh, so... Deep down, we all want the same thing. We all want our lives to matter. We want stories of significance. So what is a life of significance? And today I just want to give you actually four, not three. So you can pick your favorite three and discard one of them. Usually we have three. We have four. Four thoughts for you today in terms of what intentional living is going to require. Not only for you to start doing, but to maintain. And it will be something that you'll see in other people's lives that live their lives intentionally. Here's the first thing you're going to need to do. You're going to need to bring clarity to your mission. Bring clarity to your mission. And I know, you know, being missional is somewhat of a buzzword in Christianity today. But here's what I mean by bringing clarity to your mission. Do you understand why you're here? Do Do you understand... Why you're here on this planet. How can you be on mission, missional church, if you don't know what your mission in life is? What is your mission? You have to know what you're looking for if you're going to find it. Do you, do you even know what you're looking for? Vision comes with restriction, intentional living. How, how about this? The Bible actually says that restriction and vision is a sign of the end times. Acts chapter 2, it says this, And in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. All of those require vision, which is going to require restriction in your life because you cast off restraint without vision. So, church of 2016, are we living in the last days? Do you have vision? Because the last days are indicative of Old men dreaming dreams, young men seeing visions and prophesying. If if you want to make a difference, if you live a life of significance, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to tap into your why. Why am I here? What is my purpose? In order to do that, you're going to need vision and clarity. The the journey, I promise you, will be much more effective if you figure that out. You will more easily find your way if you discover your why. Why? But you will not find your way if you do not know your why. I, 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 uh, I love to travel. 
and I traveled a lot uh, prior to pastoring, and I was always packing at the last minute. I can, you know, once you get in that mode, you can kind of pack in about 10 minutes and throw the staples in and go. My wife hates packing for trips, whether it's a day trip or 10-day trip. She hates packing for trips. Here's, here's why she really likes, uh, doesn't like packing, because most of the time, she doesn't know where she's going. She doesn't know the destination. Well, what, kind of, what do I need? Oh, I, just bring a little bit of everything, honey. You'll be fine. No, I, I need to know what kind of shoes I need. Do I need gloves? What, what, do I need a bathing suit? What do I need? It's like, as soon as you know where you're going, you know better how to prepare. So, once you understand your purpose and why you're here, you will know better how to prepare. The, the sooner you know your why, the destination, the sooner you can shift your focus from yourself to others. Every time. Purpose, purpose, it's the rudder on the boat. When the storms are raging, waves of life are crashing along. Purpose is what holds you steady in the middle of it all. It is what holds your direction. Just for those of you that are in the process of trying to find your why, to discover your why, to, to be more in tune with your why, let me just give you a few questions to ask yourself, and I would recommend you to sit down later this week and think through these, these three very simple questions. The question, first question is this, what do you cry about? What do you cry about? What breaks your heart? Matthew chapter 9, it says this, when he, meaning Jesus, looked over the crowds, his heart broke. Because they were confused and aimless. And they were like sheep with no shepherd. It broke his heart. What breaks your heart? What disturbs you? What what causes you so much discomfort that you are motivated to do something about it? To take action. And you do something so it brings healing to the situation. What breaks your heart? If If you want to understand your why. Why you're here what God's plan is for you, you have to get in tune with what, what makes you righteously angry. Now, I didn't say what makes you unrighteously angry. Like, I'm not asking like what your pet peeve is. Like, you people that don't use your blinker. Unrighteously angry. You will answer to God for that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> use your stinking blinker. No, I'm not talking about a pet peeve. I'm, I'm saying, what is it that when you see it, your heart on behalf of God, it breaks. I mean, it moves you. Some of you, when you see poverty sometimes, you get angry, righteous indignation, and it infuriates you to think about the money that we spent just a few weeks ago on Christmas. You think what we could have done with that, the difference we could have made with that, the clean water we could have provided with that, whatever it is. Maybe when you see the the life of an unborn child taken, it does something in you, and you... You can't stand it. Maybe when you see any type of abuse of children or any injustice that's done, it just angers you. It doesn't even have to be bad. Maybe when you see a typo in the bulletin, you just go, oh, Jesus, that breaks my heart. <laughs> Perfectionist. Love excellence. No. Seriously. What do you cry about? What breaks your heart? What makes you righteously angry? It's a good question to answer. Here's the second question you need to consider. What brings you joy? What brings you just immense joy? 
What puts a bounce in your step? What, what causes something in you to just come to life? Here's the deal. Work is not work unless you would rather be doing something else. <laughs> then it's work. But what is it that when you see it, your heart is just overwhelmed with joy? What are you passionate about? Let me, I'll just give you some insight into my life. I love to see people realize their full potential and to watch them walk their God-given purpose out. I love, I mean, I just love that. Beyond that, I love walking alongside them and being a part of the process of them coming to that awareness, experiencing all that God has for them. I love it. It just brings me so much joy. You know what is frustrating? When I watch people make choices and decisions that doesn't allow them to live their fullest potential, they choose things and it forces them to live beneath their potential. Frustrating. Why would they do that? There's nothing I would rather be doing than speaking to the potential that's in people's lives, helping them grow, inspiring them, changing them, and leading them to maturity in Christ. Love it. So much joy. It brings joy to my life. I sit with people all the time. I'm amazed how people lack vision for their lives. I ask them, what's the vision? You know what I found sometimes to be the difference maker for people? that have no vision, Someone, sometimes it's, here's as simple it is, someone that loves them enough to just speak life and encouragement over them. It's just simple. Vision for their lives. Someone that has enough spiritual discernment to see some potential in them. Someone to tell them that they matter, that they're important, that they can make a difference, yes, that they belong. Someone that speaks to that. And I, I have the opportunity over and over to sit with people and watch life come into their spirit, to watch people get a vision for their life. I'm telling you, people need to know that they have a purpose beyond just clocking in and clocking out. No, to fully recognize who they are in Christ. Listen, don't get death and life confused. Keep living. 50 plus, 55 plus, 60 plus. Keep living. Some of you have died and just haven't even made it official. Like, Keep living. Keep living your life. What is it that brings you joy? Here's another question. I want to figure out why I'm here. Here's the third question to consider. What do you dream about? What do you dream about? Now, to be able to dream, it's going to take some vision, which is going to require some restriction in your life. But with vision comes clarity so that you have the ability to dream again. What do you you dream? This is the... What if factor? What if you could do something significant, something that would impart something to others, that would outlast you, that would impact others for generations to come? Because here's the deal. When you die, you cannot take with you what you have, but you can live on by what you give to others. You can live on. Here's what I've experienced in my own personal life. Dreams often come one size too big. And you have to grow into them, which means it's, it takes time. Dreams take time. Just ask Joseph. They take time. They take time. Now, dreams are free. But the journey to fulfill them isn't. You have to work for your dream. Your dream doesn't work for you. You work for the dream. You've got to work for it. Some people are long on dreams and short on action. Dream. Come back from La La Land. That's never going to happen for you. 
I watched it this past week. I watched kids sing on TV whose parents told them they were awesome. And they've been lying to them for 20 years. I love my kids so much, I'm going to lie to them for 20 years and let them embarrass themselves on national TV. I love you, honey. Okay, I'm not going in that room with you. No. No. Long on dreams. Short on action. Maybe there's something else you could do, honey. Maybe. Maybe some of you are afraid to dream. You know, some of us, we're afraid to even go there because we just don't know what God's going to say if we go there. Like, well, what if he tells me to do that? Listen, almost everything you and I want is on the other side of fear. Almost anything we want. You're going to have to go through fear to get to it. Fear, fear is what makes people stop. Faith is what makes people start. So what do you do? You've got to feed your faith and starve your fear. Feed your faith, starve your fear. 2 Timothy chapter 1. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid or fearful. No, it gives us power, love. We like this word, self-discipline or a sound mind. Spirit, the battle of fear is won in the mind. You can't reduce fear by thinking about it and pondering on it. No, you've got to redirect your thoughts, as we talked last week, change your perspective, fix your eyes on the author and the perfecter, and move towards faith. But you're going to have to go through fear to get to the other side. Faith does not make things easy, but it makes things possible because it puts everything, including fear, in the right perspective. Faith. If you're going to live an intentional life, you're going to have to know why you're here. If you can't discover your why, you will never live intentionally. You'll live wandering, trying to figure it out. Here's the second thing. Living intentionally, living an intentional life will require for you to start and to maintain, and it's this, you'll have to develop relationships in your life. You'll have to actually pursue relationship. Because external living is intentional living. It's outside of yourself. It's not just you. You're going to have to pursue some relationship with people outside. Relatability. Listen, relatability. Connectivity is the key factor in being able to make a difference in someone's life. Not being distant, arm's length. No, there's tremendous change. Listen, there's tremendous change that happens in someone's life who's the person trying to help them out of the ditch who previously used to be the person in the ditch. Something happens, the relatability, there's common ground. Let's ask you a question. When was the last time you listened to someone else's story? Their whole story. And I'm not saying like, yes, now, and then you start interrupting and, tell, and one-upping them in their story. Well, I know, you don't believe what happened to me. No, no. No, listen to their whole story. Didn't give them some anecdotal scriptural quip to send them on the right. No, you listen to their whole story. You, you, you were quiet long enough to hear their whole story. When was the last time you did that? Boy, it requires an intentional choice to take your attention off of you. But listen, here's what happens when you do. You start to empathize with their reality and you become more understanding. You know what maturity is? Maturity is not getting older. Maturity is developing the ability to see things from another person's perspective. 
That's maturity. Not convincing yourself that your perspective is the perspective or the right perspective because the world isn't just about me. It's not just about you. You have to understand that with, with one tiny exception, the world is composed of others. But you're the tiny exception. In case you didn't understand that. <laughs> Here's what I found. You can learn to love people once you've heard their story. Otherwise, what do you do? You, you base it on assumptions. I assume. It's Henry Winkler that says, assumption is the termite of relationship. But we assume. No, we don't. When we listen to their story, it's no, no longer an assumption. And we empathize with their reality. Here's the telling of our stories becomes this emotional connection. It, it's the bridge that, that brings us together. Stories tell us who we are. We are stories. We are walking stories. We relate to one another. We learn. We remember stories. Which, by the way, your story could also speak into your why. In fact, I would say your story should speak into your why. Your story could greatly influence someone else who has relatability, who has common ground. It could greatly influence who and where God calls you to. How do I know that? Well, because your story allows your, your ability to connect more deeply with someone and relate in a way that someone else wouldn't be able to do. Let me, who would be better to minister to an alcoholic? Well, a former alcoholic that Jesus set free. Who best to minister to the mother that's struggling with the stepchildren than the mother that understands what it's like to have to co-parent a child that's not hers? Who best to minister to that mom that understands that mom, that that understands the challenges? Who, Who best... To minister to the inmate, but a former inmate. I mean, inmate comes to me and I go, I hope, I hope it's not bad in there. I don't know what it's like in there. I, I don't know. Who best to minister to them? Your story. Listen, the experiences of your life that you, listen, you chalk them up as lost and unredeemable. It's those things that God wants to use. He finds great pleasure in using them to draw someone to himself. He loves doing that. But you have to be willing to share your story. Intentional living is relational. It chooses to share life with people. It chooses to reach out to people. Even when, yes, it's awkward and uncomfortable. I'll just promise you, the first night of Connect Group is going to be awkward. It's going to be awkward, uncomfortable. I don't know you. You don't know me. Stay back. Don't gather around me. Put your hands on me. I don't know. Don't want that. Let's just sit down. Let's have a cup of coffee. It's going to be uncomfortable. But if you're going to live intentionally, it's going to require you to have those types of relationships in your life. First, uh, Second Timothy chapter 1. For the Holy Spirit, God's gift, does not want you to be afraid of people. But to be wise and strong and to love them and enjoy being with them. You won't be able to live intentionally unless you're pursuing relationship. First Peter chapter 1 verse 5 says this. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith 
goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection. Another translation says brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. And if you possess those things, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. If you don't have brotherly kindness, mutual affection, love for one another, you will be ineffective and unproductive. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind. Okay, so if you lack brotherly kindness, you will be ineffective, unproductive, nearsighted, and blind. How many would like that to be your New Year's resolution? Ineffective, unproductive, nearsighted, and blind. Yes, me, 2016. Well, here's if you're not pursuing relationship, that's exactly where you're headed. So the by mutual, no one can achieve significance alone. No one. So let me let me say it this way: nothing reaches its full potential until it connects relationally to the right people. Nothing reaches its full potential unless and until it connects relationally with not just people but the right people. The right people. One is too small a number to achieve significance. Now, you you may be able to achieve some level of success. Even that will be difficult. But it is impossible to live a life that matters and find significance on your own, by yourself. It's impossible. There are no lone rangers in the kingdom. True significance. Listen, true significance will always be bigger than the person that has the dream. Always. Nurture the relationships. Like, it's like any other living thing. If you don't nurture it, it dies. You have to nurture your relationships. Some of you don't have any close relationships in your life. In fact, some of you purposely avoid close relationship. You know who you are. Listen, a strong relationship, it, it divides the effort and it multiplies the effect. Do you want multiplication in your life? Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 says this. Two people are better. How many like to be better in 2016? You might want to find someone. Because you're not going to do it by yourself. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone. Anyone ever had the experience of falling alone? It's trouble. It's trouble. People that help you navigate the obstacles, temptations in your life. People that help you overcome your wavering faith. People that are there for you today. Today. Okay, you've met all these wonderful people, good-looking people. Today is your opportunity. Last week, you made a decision to be intentional. So this week, you're going to manage that decision by walking back there, introducing yourself, and signing up for a group. Well, I don't know. No, no, you made a decision. That's why decision-making is overrated. It's the management of the decisions that we need to work on. You made a decision last week. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to to have lots of friends. Okay. Intentional, it's not going to be easy. You have to get in a group. For those those of you that have never been in a group. We had people in our group last semester, never been in a group. Loved it. Loved it. In spite of me, they loved it. They loved it. 
Now, here's what you get to do. You have two weeks. So we have another week of sign-ups, and then we start meeting that week, following that second week of sign-ups. Here's, shop around. Do some research. Call them. You don't have to talk to anyone long on the phone to know, that ain't going to work. It's, you don't. Shop around. Nope, I don't want to hang out with them. Okay, go to another one. There's lots, right? Shop around. Even if you pick one and then you show up and you go, ooh, I don't like this, go to another one. What am I saying? Get in a group. Get in a group because vision and revelation are not going to happen in isolation for your life for 2016. And then commit to it. Don't like sign the paper and then never show up and never manage the decision you made today. No. Hold to it. Hold to it. And let, just give me a semester. Give me a semester. And I promise you, about that fourth, fifth week, there'll be that person in that group. And you'll have the opportunity to share something with them, maybe that you've not shared with anyone else in the world. And what, here's what you'll experience. Real and complete healing. James chapter 5. You'll experience healing in your life. You've got to have people... In your life. They're not many church services. I don't show up. I don't preach. We're not just looking for another event to take up time on your calendar. How can we consume their life? Let's plan something else. No. They're critical to your survival as a believer. It's, it's the New Testament church. House to house and in the temple. And Here's what the devil will say. You don't have time for that. You are way too busy. You, you're already overcommitted. You actually deserve a night at home by yourself. You deserve that. I, I have people all the time. We would love to. We are just so busy. Okay. We're not. We're not at all. Here, it's not a matter of business. You know, it's not a matter of busyness. It's a matter of priority. Like restructuring. I, I, here's how I don't have time not to have the right people in my life. It's amazing how much time we give for the wrong people. It's amazing. Well, I just I just need community in my life, and I'm just missing it. I, hey, I saw your picture on Facebook. You're not going to find it where you were at on Friday night. <laughs> you're not going to find it there. That's not where you're going to find community. It's not where you're going to find. Revelation, it's not where you're going to find vision. It's, not, it's certainly not where you're going to put restriction in your life. I promise you that. I saw the picture. No restriction. No revelation. You want, you want a stronger marriage? Get around some people that are, strong, are biblically strong in their marriage. You want better, stronger finances? Get around people that biblically handle their finances. Stronger relationship with God. Get around people that are pursuing God. You need this, but you need the small too. You need the large and the small. It's biblical. I'm not against this. I love this. There are just some things that we will never accomplish in this setting. Ever. We've got to stop expecting every aspect of the Christian life to be fulfilled on Sunday morning. It's not going to happen, folks. It's just not going to. Listen, church is not a service that you go to. It's a family that you belong to. It's not just it's not an hour and 20 minutes. It's not a service that I attend. No, it's a family that you belong to. That's church. Some of you haven't ever experienced what church really is supposed to be about. You clock in, clock out, check it off your list, and that's not church. 
You feel your conscience feels better, but it's not what church is meant to be in your life. You're going to have to make the choice. You're going to live intentionally. Define. Clarify your mission. You're going to have to pursue relationship. Here's the other thing you're going to have to do. You're going to have to add value to other people. Add value to other people. So, let me just ask you a question. When you wake up in the morning, do you wonder what you're going to reap that day or what you're going to sow? You wake up going, what am I going to get today? Or, do you wake up going, what am I... What am I going to give today? What am I going to sow into someone's life today? What drives you when you get up in the morning? It's usually one of three things. It's either survival. Oh, God. Just Jesus. Survival. Like, it's up. You're just, just getting your nose above the water. Please, God, just for today. I need 24 hours. Survival. Or is it success? Is, is, is that what drives you when you get up in the morning? Success. Survival, just struggling to keep your head above water, just trying to make it day to day. Or is it success where you're working harder to make a better life for yourself? Success, the next promotion, the next deal, the next policy. Is, is, that, what you wake, is that what drives you when you wake up in the morning? Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says this, There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were were not content with his wealth. So he made some money, even had some level of success, and yet still discontent. Why? Because he's doing it all alone. Or, rather than success and just struggling to survive, do you wake up with significance being the driving force of your day where you want to make a difference by helping other people get ahead? Is that what drives you? Significance is not being well-known and being rich and being recognized. That's not significance. Significance is making a difference with others wherever you are with whatever you have every day. Wherever you are. Every day. Every day add value to someone. Let me just ask you a question. Are you a plus or are you a minus? So, when someone sees you coming towards them, do they think, I am getting ready to be added to? Or do they think, oh, Jesus, I hope they don't see me. Do they, they think, I am getting ready to be latched onto and sucked the life right out of me. I'm not prepared for that. Are you, are you a plus? When your phone comes up on the caller ID, what do they think? Do they think, here comes some life into me. Here comes some encouragement into me. I'm being added to today. Or there may be a reason it always goes to voicemail. That is really strange. They never pick up when I call. That is strange. Uncanny, actually. Are you a plus? Do you wake up every day just going, I'm going to add value to people today. I'm going to bring something to the table for people. Ephesians chapter 4. It's not in your notes. I just was reading it this morning. Let's listen to it. He says this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. What is the special work? It helps the other parts grow. So, question, who are you helping to grow? Because when the body is functioning, you're supposed to be helping someone else grow. 
Is anyone growing because of your presence in their life? Are you a plus or are you a minus? Here's the deal. Having a heart to help people and having good intentions, and I'd like to add value to people, it makes you a better person, but if you don't act on it in any intentional way, nothing changes. So here's what, when an unintentional person sees the wrongs of the world, the brokenness of our world, here's what they think. Boy, somebody should really take care of that. Like, man, I'm only one person. There's only so much I can do. Here's, some of us care about people, but we don't want to care for people. I love people, care for people. Could someone else go visit them? I love people. Could you take the meal over? I just don't have time. Busy. I love people. I just care a lot about people. Could you go sit with them at the hospital? That's not going to work for me. Okay. We care about people until it requires us to actually do something. We, We care for people from a distance. Blessings. Praying for you. People who want to make a difference. You're constantly measuring your motive. Do you wake up going, I want to help people, or I want some people to help me today. They need to help me out today. Listen, people are not a means to an end. They are the end that brings meaning to your life. People are not just a pawn in your game of manipulation. No, People are not just a means to an end. They are the end. That bring meaning to your life. Are you investing in anyone? And I understand it takes more energy to do something for people than for yourself. I get it. It's much easier to define what a leader looks like than to actually develop a leader. We list all the characteristics. This is what a leader needs to have in his life. How about you develop one? It's much easier to define it. Making a difference in the world is not just about improving your world. You start to become preoccupied with how to help other people improve. than just simply improving your personal position. That's when you start to understand what significance is all about. Some of us are just living in me world. You need to get in we world. Move from me to we. Broaden your world. Life isn't made up of what you can accomplish. It's made up of what you help other people accomplish. Here's what I've found. This may blow your mind. I have found something that brings me more joy than me succeeding. You know what it is? Helping and watching other people succeed. It is the most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. I promise you. I wake up every day. Who, who can we help get ahead today? People of significance. They value people. They see the potential significance in every person. I love this quote. By Malcolm Forbes, it says this. People who matter most are aware that everyone else does too. You're not the only person that matters. So maybe we should focus on putting others first rather than coming in first. Are you a ladder climber or are you a ladder builder? Did you walk over three people on your way up the ladder? Sam Chand in his book, Who's holding your ladder says this. We all start out life climbing our own ladders and living for ourselves. Over time, some people begin to shift from climbing their own success and they start to building ladders for others to climb. Significance. The shift from what's in it for me to what can I give? You have to shift your thinking from good intentions to intentional living. Okay, 
significant life. Intentional living. We'll get the last one real quickly. Bring, bring clarity to your mission. You're going to have to develop some relationship in your life. You're going to add value to people. Here's the last thing you're going to have to do. You're going to have to seize every opportunity. Every opportunity. Seize it. Making a difference. Being significant is not contingent upon an age or a social status or an economic bracket or reaching a certain milestone in your career. No, no, no. It just requires intentionally caring and doing something. Every opportunity. Parker Palmer says this. Our real freedom comes from being aware that we do not have to save the world. We must merely make a difference in the place where we live. Do you even know your neighbor's name? What opportunity do you see right now to make a difference? More than likely, that opportunity comes in the form of a person. Not, not a stage, not a platform, not an opportunity, not a raise, not a position, not a title. We have opportunities before us every day. The question is, do you see them? Do, do you have the vision to see the opportunities around you every day? Every day. God is doing a new thing. Do, it's springing up. Do you perceive it? Do you even see the people? Colossians chapter 4, verse 5. Live wisely among those who are not believers. The people that you complain about every day. That God has placed you among them, not on accident. The people, he's placed you there on purpose, friend. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. And let your conversation Think about this. What was your conversation like this last week at work? If I were to ask the believers or non-believers that were around you at work, was your conversation gracious and attractive so that you could make the right response for everyone? Was that your conversation this week? Because here's the deal. There's not just one door of opportunity. There's not just one door to significance. There are a series of doors. And if you walk through that door, do you know what you find on the other side of that door? Another door. More doors. Opportunities do not multiply just because you've been, you see them. No, opportunities multiply because you seize them. You can't just acknowledge it. No, you, you, you seize every opportunity. You don't have to give a lot. It's a matter of heart, attitude, not how much you give. Opportunity is always right where you are with what you have in your hands. Right now. Not just responding to a need, but actually looking. Looking. Did you wake up today saying, I'm going to look for a need. I'm going to look to where I can add value to someone. Do you live that way? Here's the deal. It's about beginning with what you have, not what you don't have. Boy, I just wish they'd give me more influence. I wish they would entrust more to me. I wish they would give me more. Okay, the next time you complain about not, you want more, ask yourself, what are you doing with what you already have? I'd really like to have more connections. I'd really like to have more relationships. Are you, what are you doing with the ones you got? Everything worthwhile is uphill. What are, what are you doing? Intentional living. Okay, here's here's nutshell. You say, well, man, if there was a nutshell, you should have just given us this 30 minutes ago. 
Nutshell. Intentional. Here's what intentional living is. Here's intentional living. I want to make a difference. Doing something that makes a difference. With people that make a difference. At a time that makes a difference. I want to make a difference. I want to clarify my mission. I want to make a difference. Doing something that makes a difference. I want to know why I'm here. With people that make a difference, you're going to have to develop some relationships. You're going to have to think outside of yourself. You're going to have to invest in people. You're going to have to be a plus, not a minus. You're going to have to add value. I want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference. With people that make a difference when? Right now. At a time It's no accident that you're walking on planet earth right now. God has a purpose for you right now. You have to choose. You can choose to live intentionally. Define your mission. Invest in relationships. Add value to people. Make the most of every opportunity. Live your life. 2016. Live it on purpose, okay? Lord. Thanks again for joining us. If you want to join us on Sunday, we meet at 10.30 a.m. right next to Wilson Central High School or check us out online at connectchurchtn.com. Thanks so much and have a blessed day.